So let's talk a little bit about what your experience was like moving from the U.S. to India. I mean, you moved much right. younger than I did. Yes, I went I did. there in college. Yes. So you went to India in um, 12 years, 13 years old. 12, yeah, 13 years yeah. old. So yeah. So what was that like for you? So that was, um, honestly, my whole childhood I think was there was this thing in the back of the mind where my parents were very set on like yeah we'll go back to India because like I said I feel I, I think they weren't really running away from much back home for my dad it was like get an education build a really good career mm -hmm. go back and like give back to the country that was kind of the plan for both mom and dad like that was their vision so when I did go back it was always there in the back of like you know their um agenda like we would always talk about oh so when we go back to India when you go back to India this is like something that was there mm -hmm. so I think in my mind um there was some level of mental preparation and you know I always hear about people who try to move back and their kids were like no, I can't do this. And then, like, they move back to America. And I'm like, I didn't know that that was an option because I just mm -hmm. assumed, mm -hmm. like, you just sit on a plane, you go there, and no matter how hard it is, you just, like, sit it out. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that that was an option. Right. And anyway, but I, honestly, I feel like had I known that that was an option, I probably would have cried in my second year here and been like, I want to go back. Mm -hmm. Quite honestly, like, that's what I feel because the first school that I went to in Chennai um is probably one of the most um progressive schools mm -hmm. uh so you do have diversity in schools in india as well so you have schools that have like all of the a-class projects like you have all of these clubs science clubs math clubs there's even schools that did like parasailing for mm -hmm. kids mm -hmm. and like horseback riding and all of these like elite programs mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, so I went to one of those schools that had these programs because my parents felt it would be an easier transition. Was from... it an international school? No, it was actually a matriculation okay. school in Chetbet area. Okay, so, so it, it, yeah. it's, a, it's not an international school, but it definitely offered a, quote, international yeah, experience. experience. Yes. So I had, like, a lot of NRIs going there. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I think that kind of softened the blow. So initially I was like, hey, this is cool. Mm -hmm. But I had the culture shock of, like, wait, the kids are nothing like how I imagined. Imagined. I right. was like, I thought you guys would all be from conservative families, nobody <laughs> talking to boys, like, sitting in a corner with, like, two pigtails and, like, being quiet. And, well, to be frank, like, we had a uniform and we had mm -hmm. pigtails as well, but I didn't realize, like, oh, Indian schools can be very different. So mm -hmm. I thought, oh, all Indian schools are like this. So when we did move to Coimbatore, because I didn't know Tamar at that point, like, I knew to speak a bit because, obviously, I had to communicate mm -hmm. with grandparents and, like, I, I was okay at the speaking level um, to an extent. It wasn't perfect. But uh, because I didn't know Tamir, uh to read or write Tamir at that point, um, my parents had to find a school with French. Mm -hmm. And there was, excuse me, but there was like one school that offered French in all of Coimbatore. Okay. And this was the second year. So after Chennai, we moved to Coimbatore. I go into the school and it was a very like average school. But to be honest, now that I think about it, it's like, yeah, it was a good school. Uh, but at the time I was like, Oh my god, I, I remember coming back from my first day just crying. 
crying <laughs> to my parents because I couldn't relate to any of the kids. Uh, all of them were talking in Tamar. Whereas in the school that I went to in Chennai, everyone was speaking in English mm-hmm. because they were mm-hmm. from different parts of India. Mm-hmm. So all of them had to communicate in English to, like, you know, mm-hmm. be on the same page, basically. And it was kind of like a second nature thing. So I guess the kids of privilege had better access to education, so they were mm-hmm. able to converse, like, easily in English. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like, here, it was like you had people from all stratas of, strata of society that came to the school. Mm-hmm. So you had NRIs, but at the same time, you also had people who wanted to give their kids a better education so they like paid a bit and got into the school mm-hmm. so, it, so it, it was a it private was, school it, it was a private school okay. but it had a really unique vision where they wanted everybody to get the access okay. to okay. education okay and it, it, it in retrospect i have nothing bad to say about the school it's an amazing school but on that first day i think the culture shock of it really hit me really i was like got wait right. i can't relate to anybody right. here and it was one of those things where i just realized okay, I'm not prepared for this at all mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. I felt the schooling system was different. And I didn't realize that teachers can actually, like, hit children mm-hmm. in Indian schools. Mm-hmm. And, surprise, surprise, this was one of the schools where um, they didn't, like, hit, hit. Like, you know, like, actually... No like, corporal Yeah, punishment. yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> they didn't, like, grab you by the neck and, like, have this thing and stick mm-hmm. and, like, mm-hmm. beat you or anything. However, I've heard of horror stories. Um, but yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. In this school, we, we at have. least, that was not the case. Mm-hmm. Um, but there was, like, this art... And it, it was art class, of all things, where everybody ended up forgetting their art notebook. And mm-hmm. I think this happened on the first or second day of me being there. And the art teacher there was like, okay, all of you didn't bring your notebook, so you're all going to stand up, and I'm going to bring this, like, ruler... By, and I'm gonna everybody like extend your hand the left hand oh my god and <laughs> I just started freaking out because I saw her like give a tiny swat on everybody's hand and I was like wait this is a thing this is like, like how is this okay I, I know and it's one of those things where I think I just realized like I'm not gonna fit in here I don't want to fit in mm-hmm. here because mm-hmm. that was my experience and if that is your experience of school I'm not doing this mm-hmm. I think because in, especially like an American school system, you are taught boundaries, you are taught self-respect, you are taught to say like, no, if you don't want something, whereas here it's like, nope, you have to listen to authority authority. and whatever that authority may be. Yeah. So I remember being like, oh no. And I feel like people like from India are probably going to laugh at me like, oh, look at this kid. Like she doesn't, she hasn't experienced half of it, (laughs) but I think it, it, again, points out the vast difference in how you are treated in school Mm -hmm. between Mm -hmm. two cultures. And I would totally advocate for how teachers in the West treat their children. Mm -hmm. It's not like, you know, I I know like Hollywood has tainted this whole idea of like, oh, you know, all teachers are super chill, drugs everywhere, like this and that, like sex everywhere. But no, (laughs) I think you can attest that our school experience wasn't like that over there. Definitely not. And for me, I think I realized that this whole, like, the swatting with the scale incident kind of put this huge, like, okay, this is the Indian culture Mm -hmm, that I've been mm -hmm. hearing about. Mm -hmm. But... I I remember just breaking down in the car and I was like, I'm not, I can't do this. I don't like Mm -hmm. it. And Mm -hmm. I remember my mom, I didn't tell them about the whole scale incident because I was like, I don't want my parents to be angry that I forgot my art notebook. (laughs) (laughs) 
I didn't tell them, but I feel like if I had told them, obviously, like, they would have done something because in the U.S., like, my mom was always the first person at the principal's office every time, like, an incident of racism happened, Mm -hmm. which we will get to in another episode altogether. But there were, I I did come from, like, a very predominantly Caucasian school, like, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. so we were very, very minority Mm -hmm. over there. So, yeah, so I, I, I feel like had I said something at home, they would have brought it up. But it's just one of those things where you're like... Asian parent going to school for not bringing notebook or are they going to do it in retrospect I'm like yeah it was silly I should have like told them but yeah it's just those like experiences that really kind of put you in your place I'm like now I see why people who immediately move back to India and their kids are like no I can't do Mm -hmm. the schooling system go back Mm -hmm. I understand why and in a way I'm actually like glad that wasn't an option in a little bit of a way because I feel like it opened my mind to a completely different section of society and like culture in in essence. In a way I'm very glad that I didn't go back or that wasn't even an option because I feel like because of this transition in my life I have learned so much about different people, different lifestyles, different sections of society, what like I kind of was put in my place so to speak and I felt like I was no longer ignorant Mm -hmm. to a different Mm -hmm. world Mm -hmm. that I think had I stayed in the U.S. for like the rest of my life Mm -hmm. I would have been ignorant in a way or I would say the same thing like I don't know have you noticed that people from India have more awareness about American politics Canadian politics, uh, yes. you know, they, yes. they are more aware about what yes. goes on You're in the world. You're not just in your own bubble. Exactly. Right. Versus when you are in America, there's a good chance that the people you talk to, you, yourself, mm-hmm. are in a bubble. And I wouldn't know much about mm-hmm. Indian politics. Mm-hmm. I don't know oh, a lot oh, of yeah. NRIs that know much about Indian oh, yeah. politics or what goes on in India or right. what Indian history or society looks like, mm-hmm. to be honest. But when I look at like a lot of my classmates from India... All of them are very on par with the culture. And that was one thing that really Mm -hmm. shocked me because I would go to school there and they had pretty much all of the similar shows that they would be watching. Of course, like we had Nickelodeon, we had like different things, but they didn't watch Nickelodeon at the time. It was Pogo and Cartoon Network. But Mm -hmm. and yes, there was a bit of like a difference in terms of maturity, like sixth graders in America are very different from sixth graders in Mm -hmm. India in Mm -hmm. terms of like, I guess... Um, obviously, like, they have um, a different level of what is considered appropriate, inappropriate mm-hmm, for mm-hmm. sixth graders. They are still treated like kids when they're in sixth and seventh grade, whereas... Well into college. <laughs> well into college, yes. <laughs> so kids were kind of, like, allowed to be kids, and I would say they were even prolonged to keep their childhood up until the time they were ready to be arranged married. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, that was kind of, like, how the society in India mm-hmm, worked. Mm-hmm. And for me, I think that was a big shock where I was like, okay, yes, there is a difference. But everyone knew about Eminem like in seventh grade, eighth grade in Coimbatore. Everyone knew about like Akon. Everyone Mm -hmm. knew about Mm -hmm. like these great pop star icons and they Mm -hmm. would like sing these songs. They would know the hits. And for me, it was like a bit of a shock because I was like, oh, not only do you know what I know, you know more because you know about your own culture. So it was a bit of a mental challenge for me to be like, okay, I need to pep up in some areas. You would assume a person mm-hmm. from America like is the one with better knowledge, better this. But no, I was like given a big reality mm-hmm. check in that mm-hmm. front. And I was like, okay, I have a lot to learn, not only about my culture, 
But a lot of my friends know more about pop culture in the West. They mm-hmm. know a mm-hmm. lot more about, they dabble in these things. And it was mm-hmm. like, okay, I need to step up my game. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, and that's why I say, like, I'm really glad that I was forced to, like, stick it out. Okay. Yes. Yes, there were moments where I feel like, okay, um, the teaching system is very different. And, of course, the school that I went to in Chennai, there is a part of me that wishes, like, okay, had I stayed there for longer, I guess the creative aspects of teaching would have lived there. It's not like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. moving back to India killed my creativity. I feel like in a lot of ways it kind of pushed me to be this creative rebel because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the school that I went to in Coimbatore wasn't was your traditional Indian average school that mm-hmm. most Indian kids would go to. So I feel like in a way I felt like, okay, this is the lifestyle that most of the kids are living here. And if I look at a lot of my classmates and where they are in life right now, you would be surprised how many of them actually ended up pursuing a creative career mm-hmm. or are doing something creative apart from their professional career, being engineers or doctors or, right. you know, the stereotypical Asian right, right. career path. Right. And yeah. <laughs> so in a lot of ways, like, I do feel like while I have a lot to praise for my time of going back to India, mm-hmm. the one thing, if you would ask me to be like, okay, so what's the negative or what's like the catch? The catch is definitely teachers don't treat you the same way that tre- teachers in America do, which I covered a little bit just before. And I think that was one of the biggest shocks for me. And I struggled a lot with that because um, I don't know if you had this experience, but did you notice as a child that your parents' way of authority or like executing authority was very different from school school yeah yeah did you have like you bring it up yes yeah so do you have like any experiences like when was the first time you realized like oh this is very different honestly I don't think it was any one moment but definitely I think early on in my life I had kind of developed this like invisible barrier where I was like oh this is just how things are I always attribute it to Indian culture like certain things the way my parents were or the way you know they raised me Um, I think I kind of just started attributing a lot of things to Indian culture, which is one of the reasons that I experienced a different kind of shock, like culture shock when I went to India. So, um, you know, I think I had just kind of made it like in my head separated that, oh, this is how things are at school and my Mm -hmm. life in the U.S. versus like how things would be at home, even in the U.S. Yeah, I'm assuming most of the people or at least that the people that I've talked to kind of have that mentality of like, yes, this is life at home this Mm -hmm. is life outside Mm -hmm. to the point that they have a dual life dual life yeah oh yeah i didn't realize that children in india were doing it too right to a greater extent Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. honestly i think i would have to attribute a lot of it to globalization of the internet the fact that i found a lot of people in india leading these double lives because i think or at least from what i spoke to to my classmates i know everybody's not the same but at least from what I was exposed to, I realized that a lot of um, my friends in India were enticed by life abroad, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right? Oh, yeah. oh, from yeah. the media and the internet, everything yeah. was kind of like booming in the you know two thousands, right? And at the time, there was a social media platform called Orkut, which was uh, a really right, big thing in India. <laughs> yes. I was introduced to it in India. I didn't know about it before. Yes. Yeah. So um, Orkut was kind of like the social media platform that everybody would, you know, 
beat on. And I think once Facebook came in, mm -hmm. everybody kind of, there was this running joke at the time, like the largest migration was from Orkut to Facebook. Facebook right. So everybody just jumped to Facebook. <laughs> so yeah, and this was in school where everybody had like Orkut profiles. And funnily enough, I didn't have a profile. Like I didn't have, while I was like exposed to playing computer games and things like that in an early age, I didn't have like the social media aspect of it. Mm -hmm. And there were some strict guidelines at home because mm -hmm. my dad mm -hmm. was an engineer. So he was very wary of the issues online, being mm -hmm. like a young girl, predators, like all those things. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that was just something that like I knew, okay, I can't ask permission to get on because, right. you know, <laughs> it's one of those things where you realize, okay, you know, you're going to be turned down with a no. So I was like, okay, everybody else is talking about this platform or Orchid. What is this? It's very new. And... I kind of realized that a lot of people's parents didn't realize that they had social media as well. Mm -hmm. So um, at the time, of course, uh, it wasn't common for every household to have a computer. Um, so they would go to browsing centers and browsing centers were very affordable. So if somebody's parents gave them pocket money of like, excuse me, like five or 10 rupees, mm -hmm. you could go for like a half an hour or a one hour session mm -hmm. at a brow browsing center. Right. So there was access. It was easily available because these browsing centers would inevitably be right near a lot of schools. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't like you would assume, oh, back in like early 2000s, did every household have a computer? How mm -hmm. did they get exposed to all this culture? There were ways. So, you know, kids eventually, like, find ways, especially the teenagers. Right, so, right. It's one of those things where I was like, okay, this is interesting. This is a new type of culture clash that I'm facing. Mm -hmm. I assumed everybody's households would have the same rules as my household. Mm -hmm. I assumed everybody's households would be the same. And in, in a way, there were households that were very liberal, where the kids had no secrets from their parents. And there were households that were very, very conservative, conservative to the point that they would have caste rules where if they were like children of upper caste families they would be like okay you can't invite certain people home mm -hmm. so we had all sorts of like extremes like you had the most liberal you had like very very strict to the point of it was like horribly mm -hmm. strict mm -hmm. so that it was another learning experience for me so i was like okay so there are so many different people here so i'm sure there's somebody in this spectrum mm -hmm. that would gel with me and i have to say in a way i kind of learned to get along with everybody you know be like initially kind of be like the people pleasing type and then eventually i was like okay this is not working for me because it's exhausting to becoming the recluse then to becoming like okay there was another nri that joined at the time in my class so i started like talking to her as well and then like eventually becoming like finding my balance i guess in terms of like mm -hmm. communication mm -hmm. and i i do know a lot of people struggle with making friends coming from foreign countries to mm -hmm. india i didn't realize that this was going to be as intense a topic as it is yeah i mean they're like yeah. oh, what is it in school friendships we'll get there um so it, we're just yeah. gonna like have a comfort snack and like chill before like we start and go on so yes. yeah like I guess in general for me I did realize that um now looking back I know that it was the fact that it was globalization the internet social media that was contributing to a lot of these difficulties in finding friendships because mm -hmm. on the one hand you had a society that was still finding itself like 
when I think about it, yes, post-colonial India had like very different standards. They had very, it's a very diverse country, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. And you have a lot of parents clutching to their roots and clutching to their um, religion, their traditions, their culture, and trying to hold on to those things. And if I think about like the mindset, I don't think there was any ill intent other than the fact that they didn't want the whole westernization to take over. Oh, and yeah. I, I think the demonization of the West in part could be because of the colonial past, you know? Absolutely. So there's a huge resistance to like anything Western. At one point, I think it was even worse. Only more recently are starting to even understand like right. this. It's very commonly used con- uh, term now, in, yeah. especially in journalism, when we talk about certain things. We talk about the colonial hangover. Ah. And, you know, um, one example I can give you in, in society, Indian society, you know, mm-hmm. for as long as we can remember, generations now, mm-hmm. we think about how, like, you know, it's always a very. Um, they want fair skin like they want their children to be light skin they want yeah. like they value it and that definitely has a lot to do with the colonial mindset so in media when we talk about like you know advertisements for fairness creams or like mm. different like skin lightening products and things like that we definitely you know this Use is just term. one example but right. we do talk about the term like colonial right. hangover because it was not a thing in india mm. if you think about it if you look into the history of it um it was definitely you know there were different people of different kind of like you know skin tones in the country um but the concept that you know a person with lighter skin is going to be more valued only came in much later and that is something we all know is very big in india so yeah we're still you know struggling with the 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 essentially you know colonial hangover and we're still trying to figure out what is you know culturally ours and what is not um and a lot of it is so deeply embedded and i think that applies to relationships whether they're friendships or romantic relationships or families Yes. You know, it's something we're still trying to figure out. And for the large part, I realized that a lot of um, kids were kind of caught in this era of like, oh, we see other things on, you know, TV. And because of that, it looks like the West represents freedom mm-hmm. because, you know, there was a lot of like the strictness and all of this like cultural, I guess, mm-hmm. pressure at home. And every time people saw the West, they were like, I, th- I think it wasn't just home. There were a lot of kids who grew up in like families that were very liberal, but mm-hmm. really idolized the West because they thought the society as such was liberal. Mm-hmm. They could wear whatever they wanted. They could talk however they wanted. They could be who they are. And in, in a sense, which I think is kind of romanticized now, but is not entirely true, is that they felt that they could be who they are and say whatever they wanted without repercussions. Right. And that's the kind of, like, you know, romanticization that comes with, you know, the Hollywood and all of the... Yeah, yeah. yeah. All of that. I, I definitely do remember that in um, when I first moved to India in college, like, I did have a lot of people who would ask me about my schooling experience in the U.S. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they would go off of what they've seen in movies. So they would be like, oh, did yeah. you really have these cliques? Um, you know, think about, right. like, Mean Girls, for example. Right, right. Was it really like that? Mm-hmm. And it was kind of one of those things that where you know you realize that their um the representation that they had of of like you know u.s culture was Mm -hmm. essentially through these like big movies and tv shows um you know friends was a big thing when i was in college Mm. so um i 
personally had not like been that into friends until I got to college. Right. So when so many of my friends in college were watching it and we all just ended up watching it as a result. Basically, you know, friends was a big influence on many people our age, I think from much earlier than yes. we actually were in, exposed to it in yes. the US. Um so things like that like you you saw how at a much earlier age they were exposed to different ideas of what the West was. Right. And possibly even how that you know, influence their friendships. Mm-hmm. Um, so what were some of your ideas on that? What, what did you feel? Uh, I don't know if you are... You've heard of Boys, right? The Dhamma movie? Oh, yeah, yeah. But a lot of my um, friends in school were allowed to watch this movie. Mm-hmm. So even here, I felt like, oh, wait, wait. Like, you know... What, what is happening <laughs> what is here? Happening? Yeah, I have yeah. cousins who are allowed to watch it, but they, my, my mom exactly. was like, no, yeah. you can't watch it. And which I think comes to, um, in effect, like there's this concept, I think, me and you were discussing this a while back where essentially people who migrate to a different country get frozen in time yes mentally like frozen where yes at the time they left the, the country yes and how it was at that point you know this was a very like big mm. and shocking thing in like especially like this was a south indian movie and it was very um you know a lot of people were very kind of like oh my god yeah. what is this movie and how can they you know have this so um me and I I know that even in the US I have friends who were allowed to watch it um but me and there were a certain group of us like I mean as in like uh brown kids who were not allowed to watch it because our parents were like no there's no way that we're gonna let you watch this like quote movie oh believe it or not there are like immigrant parents who are way stricter than anything that me or you could ever know I do know someone who was never allowed to watch movies like period because you know movies were a bad influence apparently mm-hmm. so uh there are people who are i guess just paranoid about losing their culture to the point that True. they go to an extreme which is very unhealthy for the True. child because True. this person i met them like well into their adulthood and well i i can attest to the fact that they themselves were not very healthy mm-hmm. or very mm-hmm. good or had like a very balanced you know look upon mm-hmm. things nor i i felt like they were probably a little emotionally maturity wise stunted right right so um, that was another thing like so when it came to like these um movie references pop culture references i felt like i was behind in both american society and in indian society Mm -hmm. and while it it is like it sounds like a very first world problem to even complain about it does play on the mind of i guess a teenage child Mm -hmm. and for me it definitely did because i felt like okay if i'm not going to be able to relate to anybody how is this going to help how I make friendships? Luckily, because of the huge diverse um, level of strictness, I would say, in mm-hmm. Indian spectrum classrooms, the spectrum, <laughs> yes, <laughs> you did find people who you could relate to. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. the more stricter households or the households that had like you know these similar boundaries as such, um, the kids I couldn't relate to as much because I felt like they were too shielded from a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So oh, yeah. it was more like, okay, I, I don't know where to fit in. So I kind of learned to fit myself into different places. Mm-hmm. And I, I guess over time, that kind of gave me a much needed life skill of like getting to know different people. It helped me in business, obviously. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. it's one of those things where it's like, okay, so I understand different people, I understand like what, what they're thinking. And yeah, it, it did have its benefits, but it definitely took its toll as well, like big time. Absolutely. Yes. I, I think I did have my own kind of version of this. And one thing I can say is that it helped me um, kind of 
you know, call myself out on judgments I made about people. Yes. So it helped me be less judgmental. Yes. Because oh, yes. you understand that people come from different backgrounds, different mindsets, and, you know... Again, not everything is black and exactly, white. It goes exactly. Exactly. There's that. a lot of gray. Yes. So when it comes... I mean, we're, we're... Everybody, as by nature of being human, you know, you're going to make judgments. Right. Difference is, like, sometimes some of us call us out ourselves yes. out, you know, and we, we kind of challenge our own notions and beliefs, and we come to terms um, with yes. certain you know beliefs that we have based on experiences rather than just you know something that's been passed down and having said that this is a positive i think just like how every positive has a negative i have to call us both out on something i feel like we're also targets of being um emotionally scammed in a lot of friendships oh yeah oh yeah yeah. (laughs) that's that's also there like you 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 do tend to because you're so careful about you know, not wanting to judge other people because you understand there's a lot of this gray. Sometimes it makes it hard to kind of draw those boundaries for yourself. And be like, hey, look, this is appropriate. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. absolutely. So do you think that that was something that you had difficulty with in school? Oh, yes, for sure. Because I just wanted to fit in. Mm-hmm. Right. So That's for me, we it was want like, as a teenager. yeah, yeah. I, I was I, I think I, I literally had no boundaries at one point. And I was like, OK, you want to talk to me? That's great. You want to talk to me? That's great. And and obviously, like, I, I can't say black and white like this is how I always was, mm-hmm. um, because there were moments where I was just like, OK, I, I can't do this anymore. I, I just don't want to study. I don't want to do my homework. I don't want to do anything because looking back, I, I think I would I just collapsed in, internally I'm like right. as a human what is my function on this planet sort of a situation <laughs> but um that's when I kind of turned towards writing and like creativity mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. again I was lucky that there was this other person who happened to um come in from Germany was it I, I'm assuming it was Germany and she was my friend for a good one or two years and uh, after that, she had to move out. And I think she's back in the U.S. now. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. But I, I think that really helped me pull me out from whatever dark hole I was trying mm-hmm, to climb mm-hmm. into. Um, so, yeah, I, I think it was also a curse of the times that we had. I, I'm pretty sure right now, if a child were to go back to India, it would be a little bit easier than it was in the 2000s. I agree. Because... Um, that was a time I think Indian culture and our generation was finding itself because the millennial generation was the first to like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. assimilate different cultures into their own culture mm-hmm, and kind mm-hmm. of redefine what Indian meant to them. Right. And now that the millennials are the adults, <laughs> I feel like it's a little bit easier. I'd like to think that it's a little bit easier, but mm-hmm. obviously like there are going to be challenges no matter what. Um, but because there is more so to speak, um, access to different types and forms of education in India. I think Mm -hmm. anybody who's choosing to go back has the luxury to choose what type of school they want to put their child in, what type of um, educational system they want to, you know, have their child assimilate to. Mm -hmm. Rather, Mm -hmm. back then, I think it was just more of like your traditional, oh, CBSE was too hard, ICSE was too hard, because you needed to know a traditional Indian language Mm -hmm. in order to Mm -hmm. write sit for those exams. Okay. Um, But the matriculation system was a little easier because they had options to do French. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. One question I do have for you, um, because this was a difficulty I experienced in college. So I wanted to ask you in terms of the academic lifestyle, like, you know, getting um, accustomed to that, Mm. because one thing that I now know about the Indian, you know, education system is that it's not 
so much conceptual based learning. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a lot of it does involve memorization. That was a big thing for me. Oh, yes. Um, you know, yes. just the way, even the way we write our exams, for example. Mm-hmm. It's not like, even though we do have like multiple choice aspect of a uh, question aspect of it, the way we write these so called short notes and essays. It's not how you write an essay in the U.S. Yes. And I will, oh, you know, yes. touch upon that I when I so talk about my college about experience. But what was that like for you in school? Okay. So the moment I moved back, I think even no matter how progressive my first school was in Chennai, I, the educational system for sure was something that I was like, I, I, I was cool with the clubs. I was cool with all of these extracurricular mm-hmm. activities. Mm-hmm. We had like swimming and stuff and that was fine. But when it came to exams from the exam standpoint i struggled a lot because mm-hmm. it was still a matriculation school and matriculation syllabus at least in the 2000s um required you to memorize and i think it it still does to mm-hmm. a large extent require you to memorize i have a brother who recently like graduated a few years back from high school in india and i i remember he also has like he he had a very similar format of having to like memorize answers and replicate basically Mm -hmm. um so it and i in a way in a way um now that i've like kind of studied the system and i understand like indian society better uh i had a discussion about this with my mom and she said if you actually think about it it gives an advantage to non-english speaking students Mm -hmm. because they don't require you to understand what the subject is about but you end up passing the exam if you have a good memory, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right? So um, it's it's something that I was like, oh wait, there's a different way to look at this because mm-hmm. I used to diss the system like horribly. I'd be like, why are they making us do this? Right. But I think teachers found that as a workaround for people from all backgrounds to mm-hmm. be like, because not all parents knew English, so they mm-hmm. couldn't teach their kids what the concepts meant. Mm-hmm. And for teachers, they couldn't individually go to each student and coach them because mm-hmm. again, India, big population, big student numbers. It's, it's not feasible. Exactly. So for them, the workaround was like, okay, we'll just teach them to memorize everything mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. memory is a thing a kid can do easily. Mm-hmm. But coming from an American system, you go into that and you're like, oh no. Completely <laughs> like, uh, I was what shocked. I was like, why am I writing the same thing from the textbook in my notebook oh, yeah. and oh, being yeah. like, this is homework? <laughs> what? How is this homework? I have a story about that. Actually. Oh my God. I, I didn't understand that at all. Mm-hmm. And I, I remember just, I think that was just one of the moments where I felt like, okay, I am dumb because mm-hmm. I, I think I failed <laughs> my one of my exams, internal exams, luckily. Mm-hmm. And my mom was like, okay, I'm going to sit with you and coach you because like, this is really a difficult transition. Mm-hmm. And luckily, mm-hmm. I had a parent who could afford to do that for mm-hmm. me, you know, sit down and be like, okay, this is how you get into the system. And yeah, it, it was just like one of those eye-opening moments where like, okay, the whole world doesn't learn like how you the way think you do. You, yeah. Exactly. However, had I gone to a CBSC school or an ICSC school, um, I think it would have been much different there. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, those systems of education, like I said at the time, I don't know how it is now, but at the time it required me to know either Hindi or Tamil or one of the Indian languages or Sanskrit. I think these were the three options that Mm -hmm, we had. mm -hmm. And um, you would have to have known that very well in order to write some of the exams and pass them. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, uh, I ended up taking French because, like I said, I didn't know any of them. So... Um, yeah, I struggled a lot with that. I struggled a lot with history. 
mm-hmm. which uh, I shall come to in a different episode about like phonetics and what it's like having an oh, NRI yeah. oh, brain yeah. <laughs> studying these historic names. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember Raja Raja Cholin was the only name that I was like so excited so, about right, because right. I was like, I can say this. <laughs> and everything else was just, it was a muddle. Like even these long names of like, uh, oh God, like I, I, I can't even remember half of them, but they were just he- really long. And now when I look back, I'm like, okay, I can actually say those names now. But mm-hmm. initially mm-hmm. coming into the system, mm-hmm. those are names that you're familiar with. Okay. Whereas your classmates would have exposure to those names. They would mm-hmm. have the phonetic knowledge to actually pronounce those names mm-hmm. and retain it in their memory. Whereas you're sitting there like, oh, wait, I don't know any you're of these names. You're learning it for the first time. And I struggled a lot with that. Okay. So it was one of those things where I was a gate student in America. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. coming into the system and like not doing well at all was like, oh, wait, mm-hmm. I'm not mm-hmm. as smart. It definitely challenges yeah. a lot of those, you know, notions that you had yes. about yourself previously. But to be fair, I, I, I do still have qualms with the whole memorizing system of things but Mm -hmm. you know unfortunately maybe had I like sat and learned Tamil or Hindi you know I wouldn't have had to like gone gone through like this whole system of Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. memorizing things and things like that but it is what it is and at the end of the day I ended up learning something so Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah that's that's fair you know yeah Um, definitely challenging but well you know you, you walk away with two different like um, sets of, I guess, you know, educational systems that you're now familiar with. Yeah.